Welcome back, everyone, to the front line with Joe and Joe. Joe Pasillo and Joe Resinello. Oh, you're exactly right, Joe. We work for the man upstairs as you do. You're setting me up quite well. You just gave me an alley-oop. The greatest revolutionary act you can commit right now is to open your mouth and speak the truth. Whether you're an academic or you're a regular guy, we have to be fearless. And once more, dear brothers and sisters, let us go into the breach. Hello again, everyone, and welcome back to the front line with Joe and Joe. Joe Pasillo, as always, joined by Joe Resinello. And once more, dear brothers and sisters, let us go into the breach in the Veritas Catholic Radio Network, 1350 on your AM dial, 103.9 on your FM dial, spreading the truth of the Catholic faith to the New York City metropolitan area. Today, we're very pleased and honored to be joined by Andrew Kamiski, and we are going to be discussing Joe Resinello, talk about going into the breach, uh, his new book out from Sophia Press, Rediscovering Our Lost Fullness, A Guide to Sexual Integration. Now, some of you out there are familiar with Andrew's work. Having said that, uh, Andrew Kamiski has worked extensively with the healing of the sexually and relationally broken. Uh, he's the director of uh, Desert Stream Living Waters Ministries, which he founded in 1980, a multifaceted outreach to the broken. Kamiski's ministry grow grows out of his commitment to overcome homosexuality and his experience as the husband of Annette and as the father of four grown children and eight grand children. He is the author of Pursuing Sexual Wholeness, Strength in Weakness, Naked Surrender, and the Living Waters Healing Program. He seeks to equip the global church to be whole and holy, a bride ready to receive Jesus. Andrew and Annette live in Kansas City, Missouri, where he attends and serves in a local parish. Andrew Kamiski, welcome to the front line with Joe and Joe, brother. Thanks, Joe and Joe. This is neat. I like you guys. Thanks a lot. <laughs> We're gonna bust it out. It'll be a good one. <laughs> now we just want to say for you're you're brimming with New York confidence and grit. We yeah. we 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 try. Uh -huh. We try. Yeah. Um, and with that, I'm gonna hand it over to Joe Resinello and we'll have a great conversation. One thing Andy, Joe, and I uh we always say on the show is that you know, we have on guests, uh, uh, most of whom are authors, uh, you know, and and talking about their books and things they've written. We learn here, Joe and I, as much as our audience does. So we really yeah. appreciate the opportunity that we have to speak to all, you know, not just Catholics, but obviously primarily Catholics, um, you know, yeah. in all areas. And obviously, yeah. uh, you know, sexuality is, is a very important topic, something that's, you know, there a lot of people are talking about uh, out there. So yeah, we're, we're going to, Joe and I are going to learn a lot today also. So Joe, with that, yeah. I'm going to hand it over to you. Andrew, we always start with a prayer in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, yep. amen. Remember, O most gracious amen. Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who sought your help or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, we fly unto you, a virgin of virgins, our mother. To you we come, for you we stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not our petitions, but in your clemency hear and answer us, amen. In the name of the Father, amen. Son, Holy Spirit, amen. So, Andrew, tell us about uh, the organization you found, the Desert Stream Living Waters Ministry, for those struggling, uh, you know, with sexuality. And in a sense, yeah. to be honest with you, there, everyone struggles with sexuality because everyone's called <laughs> right. to a chase life. Right. Whether you're single, you're married, whether you're a priest, all different forms of chastity. But there is yeah. that struggle to right. do what the church asks us. So tell us about that ministry yeah. and how do you feel called to it? Yeah. Well, uh, growing up in a beach town in Southern California, uh, 
aware of same-sex attraction, not very difficult to begin acting upon that early on. I didn't have a Catholic formation uh, growing up. And so it was just kind of as water off a duck's back to sort of, I feel, therefore I am, and I act that way. Um, and uh, in my late teens, early 20s, I began to experience a conflict with that. And I, I wondered how authentic that self was, how true was the gay self. And this, this led me to a spiritual questioning to becoming a Christian in a charismatic evangelical context while at UCLA. And um, it was a pretty healthy fellowship. And my pastors were forward thinking, and they were aware that there were many people like me who actually needed help from the church in order to grow in communion with the church. So in other words, it's hard to make a transition from one community to another unless you have support. And you can have good support, you can have bad support. My pastors were wise and I was growing strong in the Lord and was serious about being a Christian and serious about what that meant for my sexuality, that I couldn't say one thing about my spirituality and live something else sexually. The two have to converge and that's chastity, that's integration. When, in a sense, the river of our sexuality catches the stream of blood and water and spirit in the community that liberates us, begins to purify us, redirects these energies. And it's always about redirecting, you know, because unlike other forms of addiction, uh, we have to be reconciled to our sexuality. It's inherently a good gift. And so this is all that I was discovering in the first three or four years of my faith walk. And in the context of that, I began to gather with other people uh, supported by the church, overseen by the church, and people began to make progress in chastity through the local church. And so that was the beginning of Desert Stream Ministries. At first, it was primarily or really only people coming out of homosexuality. But the lion's share of the issues, as you just mentioned, the, 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 the sexual disintegration was just crummy ways that men and women treat each other, right? It's not just about having feelings in the right direction. It's becoming a sensitive and mature man, a sensitive and mature woman who can seek to truly dignify the other. And, and that our bodies reflect that, that call to dignify. And so uh, this was the beginning of our work many years ago, and uh, it's continued since that time. And we've just continued to grow and to gather and to love the church and to love chastity and to, you know, have mercy on each other. It's a long journey and a subject to fits and starts. And we need a lot of mercy and a lot of truth and, and a lot of fellowship. We need to show up uh, for each other and say, come on, let's take steps today. Even if I lost ground this weekend, you know? And uh, so there you go. That's Desert Street. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's not that's that awesome. complicated. Not that complicated, people. You know, I mean, I realize there's mystery and depth to our humanity and, of course, to our spirituality. But Jesus comes for those who want to get saved, you know, who those who are saying, you know what? I'm sick of my own lies. I don't believe I don't believe my press anymore. It's falling apart and I love Jesus too much to live as a liar. So, you know, that that that's a great starting point for saying I'm willing to show up and work this out with other people. <laughs> no, it's true. Andrew Comiskey is yeah. joining us here at the front line with Joe and yeah. Joe. We're discussing his new book, Rediscovering Our Lost Fullness, A Guide to Sexual Integration, <clears throat> which is out from Sophia Press. We recommend always supporting our Catholic publishers along with our authors. So please buy the book, but buy it from the publisher. Sophia Press. Andy Comiskey, I got to ask you a question, though. Didn't you get the memo? Yeah. About 60 years ago, uh, we, you know, the culture was told, no, 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 you don't have to control anything. Yeah, you know, you, right. you, you know, you, you don't, you, you they're, 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 no, 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 you're, you're sexually liberated. You could go out and do whatever the hell you want. Does it, we're not right. talking about just homosexuality, just heterosexual, just do whatever you want. I mean, right. Nike tells us just go do it. So is it, shouldn't we just yeah. go do it? Well, let me, let me ask you this. Okay. In doing research for the interview, uh, we read something you said, I'd like for you to comment on it. Okay. Quote, uh, this is Andy Comiskey's uh, quote, uh, the church's clear, powerful teachings on marriage and family helped me to control my passions and live a sexually integrated life. Close quote. That's why I mentioned yeah. sexual liberation. Oh, yeah. the idea I think the church is, you know, has always taught whether, regardless of what your the, those passions are, sexually speaking, okay, is that our yeah. reason, uh, we need to use our reason to control yeah. our passions, not the yeah. other way around. But that's yeah. not what, particularly in America, but I mean, it's pr probably global. Um, uh, yeah. We're not told that. We're told, no, 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 no. Uh, you're just, you're just crusty old. Catholic Church thinking, uh, no, 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 you just yeah. go out and be liberated. So uh, uh, talk about that a little bit, Andy, because yeah. I think that's yeah. that's really the important thing is that we have to control our passions. Please comment. Right, right. Yeah, I, I love that in the sense that um, I, uh, God gives us the dignity of participating in our own freedom. So, so you know, the culture kind of one strain of psychology. I'm not writing off psychology. I love psychology. I love good insights onto the, in the human soul. But I don't like the idea that my sexuality is so powerful and so primitive that I have no say in its direction. I think that that is slavery. Um, no matter how sensational acting out one's sexuality can be, uh, it it is capable of such good and such destruction that unless I can get on with the fact, as the Catholic Church teaches, that I have a will, that I have a mind, that I actually can can have good self awareness and make good choices that help me to direct this this wonderful current of life that we call our sexuality towards other people in a way that's going to bless and build them up. So first and foremost, for me, that meant saying, you know what, it's probably not for my good and for my friend's good that I'm uh, trying to 
undress them and make them my sexual comrades. Actually, I'm not treating them like real comrades if I'm sexing them up. I'm actually distorting something uh, that that is good in them, and that is their masculinity that I should have no access to, sexually speaking. So just realizing that, and, and the way I came to realize that was not through just some great ethic, you know, reading a book and going, aha, now I understand this intellectually. It was more like, aha, I'm making a mess of my life, and I'm making a mess of other people's life. And if we're honest, I think that's 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 the only conclusion that we can make. I think what prevents some people from admitting the mess that they've made is that they don't know that there's an alternative. They don't know that there's a better way forward. And in this way, I would say the Catholic Church offers a way forward. Yes, a way of restraint, but it's the way of restraint so that we can align our passions with something that's life-giving and dignifying. So to simply realize that I can have good male friendships, and, and even though I'm weak and can be vulnerable and can have mixed feelings in different settings— I still can choose the good and can come away from healthy growth and friendship with life and new energy and vision, helping another person take steps in the right direction. Like, that's life. You know, that's abundant life. That's what Jesus is talking about. Now we're living purposely and in freedom and that's not in denial. I'm I'm still aware that wow, I've got a ways to go. You know, I'm still a mixture within. As you said I think earlier, chastity is everyone's goal. It's a lifetime plan. The catechism says we're not done till we see him face to face. So, accept that. You know, accept accept the work in progress. And and I think our comrades who are flawed, perhaps differently than us, but are humble enough to say, yeah, I'm, I'm still working this out. That gives me great hope uh, that uh, I don't have to live in darkness. I don't have to live in a divided way. I can live in the light, even in weakness, and you know, get free from the strongholds of sin that that honestly did define my life. The the handful of friends with whom I came out of the closet in the late 70s, they're dead. They're all dead. HIV didn't even have a name at the time that, that we were cavorting in West Hollywood. And I, I saw my friends die off mysteriously, not even knowing what was happening to them. They didn't even know what was happening. And so uh, I, I, I'm not one to romanticize sin and suffering. It takes good men and women out of the game. And so I want to, I want people to get on board with this chastity thing and to discover this Jesus who is fighting for their dignity. Amen? So I, I'm, I'm keen when it comes to restraint in the sexual realm that we're always aware that it's restraint unto the greater end of integration and wholeness. I want wholeness. I want freedom. And uh, I, I think that's what chastity is. 
Chastity is freedom for me. I shout that from the rooftops. I've only been a Catholic 12 years. So um, much of my good Christian life was not spent in the Catholic Church. I'm so grateful to be a Catholic. I feel like it is the culmination of my Christian journey. Um, uh, But many things converged in me when I, I came to probe and I'm still probing the depths of chastity and integration. And so I'm I'm a believer, brother, when it comes to Catholic moral teaching in the sexual arena. I mean, I think, honestly, we have the corner on it. And is it any wonder that the enemy has tried to pull the wool over everyone's eyes through a handful of nutcases with, you know, clerical sexual abuse? You know, which is terrible and and can be tragic to those young lives who don't submit themselves to the healing that could be theirs. I understand how difficult sexual abuse is. Nevertheless, I will not allow the Catholic Church to be sullied by this idea that the majority of priests and mucky mucks are are hiding garbage under their cassocks. It's just not true. Uh, These are noble men and noble women in religious orders who have kept something alive for us. And I'm not going to let the enemy take that from the world. I mean, amen, brother. Amen. I think that's important uh, that you brought that up is that, that, yeah, that doesn't represent, you know, that that very, very, very small sliver of of those who engage in that, that that doesn't represent the church, doesn't represent the clergy, doesn't, not not even a little bit. Andrew Comiskey, if you're just joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe, we're being joined by Andrew Comiskey on the Veritas Catholic Radio Network. Uh, We're discussing Andrew's new book, uh, Rediscovering Our Lost Fullness, A Guide to Sexual Integration that is out from Sophia Press. Andrew, I'm going to hand it over to Joe. I do want just one quick comment. I'm reminded uh, while, while listening to you, <clears throat> and I'm sure we'll touch on this a little bit later. You know, Jesus asked the, the lame man uh, a very important question. Help me in my journey, because um, although I didn't struggle with same-sex attraction for 20 years of my life, I lived a very sexually libertine lifestyle. Now, I'm an open book. Yeah. I mean, I, I fully, I never left the church, but I certainly wasn't a practicing Catholic. And one of the things yeah. when I started to read scripture and sit down and start mm. to get serious about straightening out my mm. life, as you uh, as you say in the in the um, in the title of your book, to be a sexually integrated person was the thing that hit me in the face that Jesus said to the lame man, a very important question. Would you be made well? Which is a question exactly. I think we all have to ask ourselves yeah. is, you know, I think that's part of that that slavery to sin uh, that yeah. many of us experience a lot of different sins is would we be made well? And I'm sure we'll touch on that, but I, yeah. I want to hand it over to Joe. Andrew, you're a very right. honest person, you know, I, honestly, and courageous. Um, yeah. And and the reason why I believe that you found God is because you're honest with yourself. You said even before you were in the church, you were you acknowledged something wasn't right. See, people yeah. don't live that way. They just lie yeah. to themselves, like yeah. in whatever they're doing, whether they're stealing, whatever, they rationalize. Yeah. And as Christ says, my sheep hear my voice. I mm. know them and they know me. That's the yeah. honesty. And, yeah. and to be truthful with you, we all have to be. That's step number one. Um, yeah. 
But I want to put this out to people because people could hear us talking and they could say they could look at what the church teaches in, as far as sexuality. We could even say mm. within the married life to be open to life. No contraception. Mm. I have five kids. You have four. Um, yeah. You know, people could say there's <clears throat> no way I can do that. God does mm. not ask us things that we can't do. And this yeah. is what I think people have to get through mm. their head. They could be listening to this conversation. He does not give us directives that we yeah. can't do. But what people are missing is he gives us grace, mm. grace to do it. And we have to open ourselves up to that grace to be yeah. married 50 years. How do you do yeah. that? To be married yeah. 50 years. How do you live a chaste life before you're married? How do you do that? The secular person would say. How do you mm. do that if you have same sex like attraction to be chaste? How do you do that? God. That's how you do it because he's real. <laughs> Talk about that. Because it like, like I don't think like people can hear this conversation. They say, what are these guys talking about? No, 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 no. Yeah. God does not give us things to do that we can't do. Yeah. No, I love that. No, I, I, I'm in total agreement. And I think it, you know, people, what people do kind of understand is kind of a 12 step mentality. You know, I'm a little out of control. I got the DUI. I'm spinning out. You know, my wife has left me, you know, all those good, good, terrible things that sort of wake us up saying chemical dependency, you know, we get that. Um, sexuality is not the same as a chemical dependency by any means, but uh, it's deeper, it's richer, there's so much life-giving potential, but we're capable of doing as much, if not more, damage with broken sexuality as we are with chemical dependency. So your average Joe kind of gets that. And I think what what we're getting at is is, and I hope the church is providing on-ramps for this, for people like myself, uh, where we can come into the beauty and the order of Catholic liturgy and, you know, you know how wonderful and, and, and in, in some ways predictable and yet profound the experience, say, of the Eucharist is or adoration or... Um, you know, the various things that we have access to, to deepen our way with Jesus. What I feel like is somewhat lacking in our Catholic reality, and it's certainly much more pronounced in evangelical churches, is being able to gather with the one another and to say, hey, help me to actually take steps in the direction of a more chaste life. We may be willing to go to a priest or a spiritual director, but we don't know how to access the one another. You know, we say, for example, in the mass, you know, I confess uh, my, you know, I, I, I confess my sins uh, to you, Virgin Mary, to you, Jesus, and to you, my brothers and sisters, but actually, your brothers and sisters don't have a clue as to what just happened the night before. I mean, you may volunteer that to the priest. Praise God. I love sacramental confession. I need it. I need it more than I would like to admit, but I, I access it. But, but honestly, in a complimentary way, 
I need my five brothers who know me inside and out and not just my sin, but who also know the reasons why I sin and and those red flags before I sin so that I can enlist them so that I don't have to sin. And, you know, I need the body of Christ like that. I need the mystical body, all the great unseen mysteries full of grace and truth. But I need Jesus in my brother who knows me, who's fighting for me, who I can access when I need him and vice versa. And that's a little bit of what we do with Living Waters. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a concrete, well-boundaried, ordered, so it's safe, but, but uh, we're, not, we're not safe in the darkness. I mean, we're enlisting the help of each other. And so in this way, we're taking ground together. Uh, I would also say in Living Waters, this work, that, that I do and, you know, that I release in churches around the world is we learn how to pray for each other in a meaningful, spiritual, uh, meaningful Holy Spirit-directed way as it relates to some of the wounds and some of the fractures and some of the difficulties in our life that actually gave rise to, 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 to some of the strongholds of sin we have in our life. No excuses. We don't make excuse for our sin. But something that invites the mercy of God is being aware. But, but you know, wait a minute. I, I was left alone as a kid. There, there wasn't any caregiving for me. That neighbor really was messing with me sexually. You know, I was exposed to my father's pornography when I was six. That was trouble. You know, my mom was afraid of getting beat up by my dad a lot. All of these things wreak havoc on our vision for what is good and true and beautiful about our sexuality. So on the one hand, we say, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And on the other hand, we say, God, ha have mercy on my rather damaged, vulnerable soul. And, and actually, I think that's a hard thing for us as men to admit. You know, we don't, we don't want to admit that, that uh, there's some missing parts <laughs> in our reality. And, you know, I know there is that's true for me. And so in the same way that I'm committed to walking in freedom from obvious sins, I'm 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 equally free to be open to the deeper work of healing that Jesus always wants to do in the light of some of the gaps in my own plan. And uh, this is helpful. It's very helpful in my marriage. Um it helps me to be a more attentive and kind of proactive husband uh, because I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm aware of the stuff, you know, aware of the need to, to live out loud in the marriage. And, uh, you know, my wife has her own stuff and we've learned uh, to offer our weaknesses to each other in such a way that invites intimacy rather than suspicion and, you know, sort of isolation from each other. 
And so, yeah, these are things that we've learned and that we want to help other people to grow in. Again, many of our people are single and they may not want to be single, but that's where they are. Many are married and don't want to be married, but they want to be faithful to their vows. So come on, whether we're single or married, let's do this with integrity and and let's grow in love for the other uh, in the light of this mercy, which is truly taking ground uh, in an ongoing way in our in our wounded lives. You know, people always ask, like, why does this take so long? Why is chastity lifetime? You know, you know, we're a convenience culture. We're practical. We're Americans. Like, let's just do this. Give me a weekend. I'll talk about it for a few days. Then I'm done. It's like, well, yeah, we'll we'll take some ground if we, you give it a couple of days, but we're never done. So, I think to to find walking partners and language, to stay true to the church, and to take advantage of the deep wellspring of the liturgy and the sacraments, while accessing the one another having, in a sense, a map of sorts for the way forward in chastity. Andrew, we have All to, we it. have to, well, I'm yeah. sorry to interrupt, Andrew. We do have to take a break real quick, but I, I wanna, we're going to, we're going to come back and we're going to keep the conversation going. Uh, for those of you who are just joining us, we're joined by Andrew Kamiski. We're discussing his new book out from Sophia Press, Rediscovering Our Lost Fullness, A Guide to Sexual Integration. Uh, this is a great conversation. This is, I believe, an important conversation because that's what we're dealing with, especially in this spiritual battle. To us, yes. Joe and I say all the time, the primary focus is sexuality. <clears throat> I'm glad you're mentioning broken sexuality, Jesus as the physician who could heal you, all these things. Fabulous conversation. Yep. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with Andrew Kamiski. Catholic Radio works, and now we have it here in Connecticut and New York. It's been seen around the country that there's no better tool for evangelization. Where there's Catholic radio, the folks who listen deepen their faith, families are strengthened, parishes and communities flourish. So, let people know you're listening to Veritas, tell your friends to tune in, and let's make an impact here for Jesus and His Church. This is Steve Lee for Veritas Catholic Network. Welcome back, everyone, to The Frontline with Joe and Joe. Joe Pasillo and Joe Resinello. We are way in the breach with Andrew Kamiski. We are discussing his new book and his ministry, but the new book is Rediscovering Our Lost Fullness, A Guide to Sexual Integration. Uh, Andrew is the... Um he has a ministry, director of Desert Stream Living Waters Ministries, which he founded in 1980. Um, and it is an, a multifaceted outreach to the broken. Um, and, uh, and like I said, I'm so happy we're having this conversation because, Andrew, I'm going to hand it over to Joe. But see, what what a lot of what people talk about out there, okay, uh, especially in the church and everything else is same-sex attraction. But this is this goes beyond that. This transcends that. Yes, sexual yes. Is sl slavery to sexual sin is a powerful, powerful tool that the evil one uses to keep us uh, ensnared. And I wish people would understand that. You know, the married man, um, you know, who has the porn, this, the porn stash in the basement, you don't even need that anymore. Now you just need no. these things. All right, and you yeah. just click a button. There's your stash, brother. There's yeah, your stash. Yeah, right in front of you. You put it up to your yeah. ear every day. So I don't want to keep going on that because I know Joe wants yeah. to go, uh, you keep going with the conversation. Joe Rasinello. Andrew, yeah. the thing I like about your organization and your approach is you're accepting the church on its terms. 
and you're allowing them to accompany you. You see, I think there is a misconception of accompaniment. I think Mm. in some Mm. respects in the church, particularly with this LGBT issue, we're going to almost affirm you in your behavior with the hope that the Holy Spirit will somehow, you know, fix you on its own in your time. Right. Right. That's, I think, incorrect. Like your it's organization incorrect. reminds me of Courage. It's it's uh, yeah. the organization Courage, which some people yeah, may love know. Courage. It's an yeah. honesty. It's saying, yes. I have a problem, and I'm calling it that. Yes. You have the answer, and I'm going to walk with you, and you're going to yeah. help me. But you're being honest. You're accepting the church on its terms, and I don't think that's happening. On some yeah. other in some other right. segments of the church, talk yeah. about that because I, I think, to be honest with you, I I don't know about your ministry. I I'm learning about it now, but Courage does that, and I think they're the one. They're they're spot on, and it seems like your ministry is doing the same thing. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, I think the question is who's evangelizing who. Uh, <laughs> you know, so so I think it, it, the model that you're giving that we're all sort of so sweet and so kind and we dare not challenge the LGBTQ identified person, but we we just sort of quietly come alongside. It's it, it, There's something about it that is um, kick gloves, you know? I'm, I'm actually not giving you the dignity of your ability to take a good challenge. <laughs> you can't be challenged, in other words. <laughs> like, well, what? Why are you treating me like I'm six or like I'm a, you know, like a like a uh, a child who's going to blow his head off if you call me into something greater? So I, I do think the spirit of accompaniment, as, as per Pope Francis, is is one of I'm gonna I'm gonna walk with you, you know. And I realize you don't come into full moral maturity in in one confession or in a week or a month or a year, you know. So this is a this is a this is it's going to take a relationship and time. But I think we have to be clear as to where we're going. And I think that's what's what's perhaps not not at work in some aspects of the church, where tacitly many worldly Catholics, even worldly Catholic leaders, are buying into the fact that, oh, actually, this is just who they are. Um, this is their ethnos, you know, their their gay identity, their trans identity, their bi identity, their them mentality, their non-binary stuff. That's just who they are. So let's just accept that. That's kind of like ethnicity. It's kind of like being a man, being a woman. We want to give that full equal rights as per the U.S. uh, laws that have passed, not just gay marriage, but also full rights and privileges in the LGBTQ reality. But the truth is sexual identity deviations are not an ethnos. It's not rooted in the nature of the person. Ethnicity is. My being a man is. You being a woman is. That's who you are. That's what it means to bear the image of God. My sexual identity conflict that I am trying to resolve in a weak way by saying, this is who I am. This is my place on the rainbow. That's a social construct. 
That's a way of resolving a conflict badly. So one of the first steps in accompaniment means to say, you're misidentifying. I don't agree that you're a gay person. I don't agree that you're a trans person. Oh, you may have same-sex attraction, or you may even believe that you're trapped in the wrong body. But your feelings are not the bottom line of your identity. They matter. Your feelings matter to me. But I am not going to baptize those by defining you according to disordered feelings and identifications. That's important. So but you just said a, a that, dirty word, disordered. You see, you're you, people like the church in the catechism calls that yeah. we have to respect everybody. Catholics, you have to respect everybody. Yeah, you have to love everybody. But I am not going to like if my son comes home and starts rolling joints on my kitchen table. I'm not going to say that that's okay. Yeah, it's not okay. Yeah. Yeah. And you're it's to you said like disordered. Listen, it's a behavior that has to be corrected and can be. You mentioned yes. wounds. People have wounds. Yeah. Why they behave a certain way. Let's be honest. Yeah. I don't think our society is honest. And I no. don't think we're helping somebody. You talk about kids, trans and kids. You're going to look an adult. You're going to look a 14-year-old and tell them to lop off their breasts. You're going to yeah. go home to your family and actually feel that you did something that's that's insane. Yeah. Yeah. Andrew. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I agree. I think what what underlying much of this is we've mistaken real needs for love, attention, and connection with eroticization. And, you know, our porn, all of, most of our minds have been significantly damaged by porn, even if we're free, like Cain in today's Old Testament reading, even to say, gosh, it's crouching at my door, but I, I don't have to let you in, you know? I think those of us who have been addicted to porn, we can relate to that. It's like, wow, geez, sometimes that knock is pretty loud, but I actually don't have to let it in. But think of those people for whom that's not even a question. It's just about letting it in whenever they want. I mean, it's just how they live. Well, when that's the case, and it's been the case since you're 9, 10, 11, that, that, that orients you into thinking that, my needs are all highly erotic. And so if I'm lonely, if I'm hungry, um, if I need something, it's tied to sex. That's what I need. And I think what, what you know, going back a little, even from all the kind of LGBTQ craziness, we need to say, wow, we have, we have eroticized our humanity in, in, in such a destructive way that that we you know we need to learn how to love each other with our clothes on and to realize that i i know a lot about sexing people up i don't know nothing about loving a human being again whether that's gay straight whatever and so just to kind of take a step back and to say you know what i need to uh, i i need to suit up 
I, I need to get some clothes on, morally speaking. I need to learn how to detox a little from all my over eroticization. And again, I think the baseline here is porn. Not only porn, but that's so common for 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 isolated, vulnerable, disconnected youth. So that's where the young, kind of beat up black kid, you know, begins to start fantasizing about Beyonce. I want to be Beyonce. I want to be fabulous. I want to be, I want to be glamorous. I want to be this. I want to be that. It's all these delusional identifications based on how disconnected we are. And I think the enemy has done a great job in forging misbegotten uh, erotic connections, identity, identifications with who I want to be virtually and so on. And so yeah, we have a big task to do in in seeking to give formation to people, especially a young young generation. My generation, there was still an element of shame, even if you were secular. There was still a way in which, you know, you, you had to drive into Manhattan, you know, to act out or, you know, New Orleans or what I drove into West Hollywood, you know. Uh, you had to drive into into ghettos. But now it's mainlined, and it's mainlined to late, late childhood and early teen years, and the schools are now a part of all that. And, and we need to reclaim the dignity of what it means to be man and woman. And, you know, again, like you say, yes, it's, it's terrible. I mean, it's a wake-up. It's a wake-up when you think of what's happening in 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 trans counseling clinics and the lack of care that goes into assessing a kid's actual conflict where they need therapy not surgery and and, and you know that's horrifying and and we need to we need to be horrified um but i think we need to our, our if we're going to be truly christian about it and not just kind of clanging gongs, uh, you know, in so on social media. Uh, then, then we need to say, Lord, what can I do? What can I do to serve my parish, my diocese? I mean, that's that's how. I mean, I was doing this for years in the evangelical world, but when I became a Catholic. I didn't have any currency. No one knew who I was. They didn't care what Protestant seminary I went to or what books I had written. They were like, who are you? I'm like, nobody. I'm just, I just get to take communion. I mean, isn't that great? <laughs> That's all I wanted, you know? Andrew um, Kaminsky, but, Andrew yeah. Kaminsky, real quick. I just want to yeah. let everybody know who's just joining us here. We, uh, yeah. That we're speaking with you and you were, were yeah. talking about, uh, I mean, there's so much to talk about the, and, and <clears throat> excuse me, unpack. With what, yeah. you were ta- with what you were saying, the book that Andrew's written is Rediscovering Our Lost Fullness, A Guide to Sexual Integration, <clears throat> out from Sophia Press. You, you know, you talk about, um, you talk about uh, let's say, a- accompanying people, you talk, uh, talking to people, helping them to acknowledge, but, but, you know, helping us ourselves to acknowledge our own sinfulness and brokenness and yeah. wounds, and you talk to other people. One thing I think is important is that a lot, especially younger people, you mentioned younger people, they yeah. know. They know I work. Uh, I work uh, with a young guy 
He's in his 20, early 20s, right? Said to me a few months ago, because uh, he's become, we've become friends and we're honest about things. And he says, you know, yeah, you know, I'm really going to try for the next 90 days, you know, not to, uh, not to look at porn and, wow. you know, not, and, and the, you know, all the other, how you act out on that, of course, yeah. uh, afterwards. And I'm saying to myself, this, this dude gets it. He knows he's wow. addicted to something. You know, oh. like, 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 and, and, and a lot of these younger guys, and you know, what resonates with them, Joe and I have found out through, you know, co our mm. conversations with others, uh, mm. including you, mm. they realize they're slaves and they don't yeah. want to be, they don't want to be slaves. They don't want to be, they don't want to be looked at like they're animals who can't make a decision, a free, a free choice. Okay. Wow. Because the culture tells them, see, if you tell somebody that they can't help it, you've basically reduced them to an animal. Yeah. Is, is what you have. You're not respecting their dignity as a human being. You're not accompanying yeah. them in any way when you say, yeah, just go do it. Don't worry. Jesus loves you. We already know Jesus loves us. We got the memo. Okay. But we have to do, <laughs> we, got, we have to do something. Okay. And, and people realize that, Andy. I mean, what, what's, your, what's your view on that? I think people that. understand that, that they're yeah. enslaved. They really I love do. That. Yeah. So in other words, if what we're seeing in the in the greater culture, the greater world, whether or not that's reflective in our our own Catholic culture, and I think that depends on really where where we are, really. Um, then then what you're saying is yes, like you could say that the enemy of our souls is evangelizing vulnerable people through this fake anthropology this fake freedom this is who you are you know we'll baptize you we'll give you hormones we'll we'll do whatever you want you know but but to say well wait a minute aren't we isn't that treating people in an infantile way why don't we why don't we trust that there's more going on in them morally because they bear the image of god whether they're in good standing with the church or not why don't we treat them like they actually know that there's more that, you know, what eternity in their hearts, if you will, that has to do with liberation from enslaving sensuality. Um, why don't we treat them like that? You know, like the woman who comes out with her girlfriend, it's like, well, like, are you really, are you really free to be who you are with her? Or are you now just kind of, changing color for her are you doing everything to keep her you know how how authentic are you in your gift or are you now really even compromising what you know to be true to to keep the good feelings alive if you will and um, so anyway i think there's lots of ways of of doing that and i i love that because i think like you say just to say oh jesus loves you it's, you know i i mean i i'm all into the charisma <laughs> really i am <laughs> i want people to know jesus i want them to name his name to cry out for mercy but but you know it it, it like you say we're inoculated a little bit to that but to speak of what's actually going on in some of those deeper zones, some people would say, well, you're being invasive and people haven't asked you to talk about their innermost parts. But honestly, come on, look at what a, a generation has been exposed to. Like, the, like Nehemiah says, the boundary lines are burned with fire and we are in disgrace. You know, and I think that applies to most of us in the West. Our boundary lines are burned up. You know, the... 
there's there's no more moral ozone layer you know the sun is bright and it's searing our flesh and we know it and so let's you know let's be a little bolder like come on how's that working for you now Mm. All this freedom. How's it working for you? Joe Resinola like likes that. to say on the show that all, all the time, time Andrew. He says, yeah, <laughs> say how's it going for time. you? Go look, go look out the window if you want the answer yeah. to the question. <laughs> Joe. Andrew Kaminsky is joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe. The book is Rediscovering Our Lost Fullness, a guide to sexual integration, which you could purchase. We'd like for you to purchase and support our Catholic publishers, uh, Sophia Press. And this is a great conversation. Andy, I, we, 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 we know we could talk to you for hours, but we want to keep it going a little bit. So I'm going to hand it over to Joe. Yes. Andrew, great. you are a radical dude. I'm serious. I, I'm, I'm not just saying this because Amen, your brother. message I, yeah. is antith- it's completely the opposite of the culture. Yeah. And that is wonderful because Christ was a radical man. To be a Christian, we have to live radically. And I'll tell you, a priest that I know, Joe knows him too, Father Glenn Sedano, uh, one of the founders of the CFRs, um, he said this. I I always remember it. He said, Christ is very rarely found in the front of the church, the front pew. He's in the back, Mm. and he's broken and alone. And if you Mm. go to him in the back, he will take you by the hand and bring you to the front. I always remember that because— Wow. The church is for sinners. Yeah. Like, let's be very clear. And I am a sinner and I yeah. need the sacraments. And you came into the church like you well, you weren't born into it. Like I'm Italian, you know, like you're you're yeah. passed on Sunday, you're you're baptized when you're two. That doesn't mean you live like a like a Catholic, but it's part of your culture. Yes. You came in and then you experienced the Eucharist. You mentioned it, which is yes. the food for the journey. And the gifts of the sacraments to live a sacramental life to help you live the life that God called you to be. Talk about that, because I think, you know, you see the stuff on social media. So do I. People talk, they talk, they talk like they're perfect. Really? You're perfect? Then you don't need God. If you're perfect, you don't need him. What are your thoughts on that? Because the sacramental life is the key. That's why yeah. I'm Catholic. I'm going to tell you right yeah. now. That's why I'll always no. be Catholic. Yeah. And that's why I became Catholic. <laughs> it was primarily the Eucharist and secondarily the church's moral teachings. But the Eucharist, that's visceral, <laughs> right? It's Jesus with us, in us. And so, yeah, for a couple of years before becoming Catholic, I would go to the local parish, but I, and I realized I can't eat. So I got hungrier and hungrier for two years, you know. It created a lot of dissonance from my family of origin, from my family, from my ministry, because it was all evangelical, mostly evangelical, some Catholics, but all my close colleagues were evangelical. So it was like, hey, you're jumping ship, you know. So it took a long time to get there, but I, I but the advantage of it, being a little bit more careful, which wouldn't be my way, but thank God it was my way. It was the Holy Spirit's way this time. I got hungrier and hungrier, like I'm so hungry. I'm like, I'm aching for Jesus. And so it it taught me to value this meal. And then when I realized, oh, you know, because I'm 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 a clean guy. I've, I've never had an affair with anybody, male or female. I've been married a long time, 40, 40 years. 
Um, I've been good, you know, I've been pretty good, but I've not always been good, like in my thoughts and, you know, sometimes masturbation, little porn use and all that. But then to realize, well, okay, but if I, if I'm going to really cherish this meal, then I need to, uh, I need to be clean to take the meal. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it all made sense to me. Like I need this. I need this for my well-being and my integration, but I also need I, I need I need pretty clean hands and a clean heart in, in the unseen. And so this whole link between sacramental confession, truly washing my heart and hands before coming to the table. Um, yeah, it's, it's all been amazing. You know, even in the losses, there's been some losses for me in becoming Catholic. Um, I didn't have any relational traction. I had a lot of relational traction with evangelicals. I didn't know the people around the table. But the fact that he knew me and I was known by him and that I was participating with him so deeply um, truly sustained me in all of that. And now I have the good fortune through really not just fortune. This has nothing to do with fortune. It's really my vocation, uh, marriage, and in the context of marriage, helping other people to do this living water stuff. So, so this book, Rediscovering Our Lost Fullness, details my journey and my marriage and many other people's with the goal of people catching a vision, whatever their brokenness is, of saying, how can my parish life become a place of springs, become a place where I can gather safely but also deeply with others to take ground in chastity. I, I was I was starting to say to the other Joe, I, I'd started at my parish and we had had this huge crisis in clerical sexual abuse and in the diocese, but the priest had actually been a part of our church for a while. I hadn't been there, but everyone was reeling and, oh, the church and, oh, I'm so disillusioned and, oh, this, oh, that. I'm like, okay, got it. You know, these are tough things. But it's like, people, are we being honest about our brokenness? I mean, maybe we're not pedophiles. Thank God. Thank God. At the same time, we're all a little dirty. And and if not actually sexually dirty, we're at least sanctimonious. And, you know, patting ourselves on the back for not being a pedophile or queer or whatever. It's like, people, we have a lot of repenting to do. So we just began a prayer group of just for repenting of 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 how how wretched our attitudes are in the church towards really welcoming sinners you know beginning with the people who would come to a prayer meeting which at first were not sinners they were pharisees so they just had to repent um of that but then you know then real sinners started coming or we're all real sinners but more obvious <laughs> And then now we have this great Living Waters group. And, and even my priest, who's a, so amazing and so gifted and upright, but he's upright enough to also know I need help. You know, he's whole enough to say I'm broken, too. 
and so he's part of our group and 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 we meet every week in the sanctuary this week this time around we have like 40 men and women um, we meet twice you know we go through a six-month circuit we commit to each other for six months we go strong together and by by the end of that half a year man we're like we're different people and we're we're making our diocese a healing diocese that is is going to resist all the fake lgbtq stuff but not just like oh let's not let that you know infect us we'll just do another latin mass and not really talk about what's going on in our lives no we're saying yes we'll do the latin mass yes we'll be true to the church and yes we're going to see sinners set free through this community people are going to go from darkness to light in this community in their brokenness so I am about staving off the darkness, but more than that, I'm about transformation. I want to see the church as a transforming community. Amen. Oh, we amen. have all that we need. We have all that we need. Andrew, we, we're coming up on we're coming up at the end, but I will say this, yeah. and um, because you, you know we'll have you back and we could talk about it. And this is not meant to be a controversial statement, but uh, one of yeah. the things that Father James Martin has said, amongst <clears throat> things that, that that really bothers me, is when yeah. he made the statement that. Uh, to the LGBT community, he said, uh, God loves you, and the church is learning to love you. And it bothers me because what you just said is the truth, which is, no, 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 no. The church loves all sinners, okay? Yeah. And the church is there, as you said, to help us through the grace of God, okay, to transform our lives. So yes. no thank you, Father Martin. We already know the church loves us, okay, just right. as God loves us. We do have to leave it there, uh, Andrew. Now, where could folks uh, buy uh, the title of the book, where they could buy it, and where they could find out more about your ministry? Sure. So real simple, desertstream.org. No streams, no ministries, desertstream.org. Find out more about the work that we do. Um, and then I would. Uh, you can either order the book through desertstream.org you can also order it through Sophia Press. So as you said, you know, go go through Sophia. That would be a blessing for them. So Sophia Press, just look it up, easy as can be. You can order it in a flash from them. Uh, it's a good book. It's a good way if you're kind of going, this sounds good to me, but it's a little challenging. It's a little too much. Read a book. All right, no, Andrew, we have, to, we have to leave it there. Andrew Comiskey, you are welcome back <laughs> on the you. front line with Joe and Joe. Thank Anytime, you, brother. brother. Thank you so right. much. And thank, thank you, you for joining Jones. us. At, you got it. And thank you yeah. for uh, for joining us at the Veritas Catholic Radio Network, yeah. 1350 on your AM dial, 103.9 on your FM dial, spreading the truth of the Catholic faith in the New York City metropolitan area. Two things, you know what I'm going to say. Download the app, share it with your friends. You'll have access to all of our station's content. And hey, if you like Joe and I and what we do, the Frontline with Joe and Joe on YouTube, the Frontline with Joe and Joe on YouTube, and at with Joe and Joe on Twitter, at with Joe and Joe on Twitter. And remember, until the next time, that our conversation is your conversation, and that conversation is going on everywhere. We'll talk to you soon.